I'm sorry I watched it because New Year's Eve is that one little time when you get to suspend disbelief that next year is going to be crap. You forget about it. You look at the person. Happy New Year. You kiss them. You have a moment of happiness. I don't want to be reminded at that precise moment of my own mortality. <laughs> they threw it over. They hear the countdown. They went, here's Dick Clark for the final countdown. He, Pie, pour, Here comes my stroke. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, Eason. Oh, it's Wackerly. You don't want to see me angry. This is Sick and Wrong. Brought to you by the Reach Around. Dude, I'm obsessed with Hitler's one ball. No wonder you're so pissed off. Your life sucks. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, D. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. What's up there, Wackerly? You look uh, restful after the long weekend. It's because I hit the wall with my Christmas slash holiday bender yesterday and had to stop my drinking. Wait, did you have to work this week or do you have it off the whole week? Uh, I was doing like part time today, went in for the whole day. That wasn't why I stopped drinking though. Like I said, I hit the wall. I ran face first into the wall. Well, was it because you of hit like, the wall before? <laughs> well, I kind of hit the wall this weekend myself, but was it because of the Christmas bender? Because on Christmas Eve, we revved it large. Large. We revved it large. Yeah, I, uh, it's definitely the holiday bender. Unbridled drinking Christmas Eve. I was rather fucked up on Starting Christmas, Christmas Day. Starting Christmas night, maybe even the night before. Oh, no, the night before because we went to your brother's birthday party. All the oh, way yeah. Through, all the way through till Sunday night, I believe. So you had like a, almost a five-day drinking bender. Yeah, it's my holiday tradition. It's my own Christmas miracle. And it wasn't all just eggnog. It was uh, just no, no. The only nog I drank of was on the show last week. The rest of it was all whiskey and beer and vodka and some wine. No, it it was fun going out Christmas Eve, getting drunk in North Beach. My sister, I hadn't seen her tie one on like that in a while. Uh-huh. I noticed that uh, she had stolen food at a couple different bars that we were at and shoved it in the pocket of my coats. So I didn't Christmas see Christmas cookies. Yeah, Christmas cookies. Uh, smashed up into my uh, coat pocket. I was quite uh, grateful for that. I don't think they were technically stolen. I think the Christmas cookies were out for people to partake of, but they weren't for shoving okay. in people's clothes. Yeah, she she snuck a couple into my pocket. She's like a Christmas elf that way. She like sneaks little presents into your clothes that you find the next day. She's more like a Christmas dwarf that uh, <laughs> you know has like uh, uh, bowel problems. Yeah, I think that that's what she. What did be. I say? Elf. <laughs> elf. Yeah, she's oh, yeah. she's not elven. She's You're more right. like a dwarf. But yeah, I was uh, rather hungover on a uh, Christmas day, and then. I actually ended up going to my ex-girlfriend's grandparents' house for their Christmas festivities. Uh, so you went to the family Christmas party of your girlfriend? No, your ex-girlfriend. Ex-girlfriend, yeah. <laughs> Good one. I know, you know... It's- way, to, way to demonstrate sack. 
for for your side of the of the species. The I, under, I understand nice where job. you're coming from with this because no one ever wants to go spend time with their girlfriend's family, let alone their ex girlfriend's family. Yeah, but and I think you told every like one of our circle of friends that you were going, you were thinking about doing this, and what was the universal answer? It was unanimous. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> and uh, you know what though, in in defense of my decision to go there in defense of your ball sack <laughs> in defense of my shrinking minute ball sack it actually was a lot of fun it, it i didn't have to go there for dinner there was no like hand holding and praying and sitting under a christmas tree roasting chestnuts it was polishing off like two half gallons of patron and just getting completely inebriated uh-huh. So I think that's the way families should celebrate Christmas. It's like, you know, just get really wasted. I mean, her grandma was drinking. She was pro- she probably did 10 shots of Patron. Nice. So no, it, it was a good time. And not to mention, uh, you know, the main reason I went is because she, well, I wanted to get laid, which I did. But also, uh, she said she had a Christmas gift for me. So, and I didn't get a, I didn't get a gift from anybody else. So I was like, all right. And uh, yeah, here it is. She gave me this, um, what are these things called? Trucker nuts? Truck. Truck nuts. Truck nuts, yeah. They're like uh, some balls to hang off of my truck if I actually drove anywhere. I don't even have so a... So you went out to Martinez for this, right? Well, I went out to Martinez. Those are much more prevalent in Martinez than they are in San Francisco. Yeah, actually, I probably would look really cool had I driven to Martinez, but I don't have a car, so I don't really well, you know... you don't have a truck, especially. I don't even know what to do with these trucker nuts. I don't I, know either. I don't know if I had a vehicle. She also gave me this. Check this out. This is actually pretty cool. Is it going to bite me? No, no. I was. Pull this out of the it's bag? probably one of the coolest gifts I think I've ever received because I had no idea at all what it is. Is it and, inappropriate for me to touch this? I don't even know what it is. No, check it out. Like, describe it because it, it's 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 weird. I was completely just confounded. Like, well, it what looks is this like, thing? Uh, a half chewed fruit roll up wrapped in saran wrap, but it's sort of a <laughs> blue green in color. It's not, any but I mean, feel it. it's like this waxy kind of weird. I can't get stru- it out of the saran wrap, but Am I ex- supposed to take it out. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, Wait, it kind of has little in. hairs on it at the same time. Is this like a <laughs> rat's ear that's it's, dyed blue? No, it looks I'm not like touching it, you'll notice. I'm <laughs> yeah. touching the saran wrap. I should have taken it out of the saran wrap. Believe it or not. You know what that is? She got her vagina waxed, and that's the wax mold with her pubic hair. <laughs> okay, it's going back in the box. I'm I knew sure I should have really taken it out of the plastic. Like, dem- you know, passing this around to your friends. Well, dude, she gives this to me, and I'm just kind of like, she's like, oh, wait till you. She's been telling me about this Christmas gift for the past like week. And I was like, oh, okay, wow, this is really cool. You know, I'll check it out. And I'm like, what? what is it? And uh, she's like, that's my 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 vagina hair, you know, in a in well, a wax funny mold. She, she waxes it all the time, so there's really not much hair on it. No, no, it's but it's kind of bristly if you feel it. it I'm kind, not going to feel it. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned it feels like some kind of goat's ear or something, but like a blue goat. Yeah, I don't know, but it that was must d- be the color of the wax they use. It was one of the coolest gifts I've ever received. Cubes, does she? No, she doesn't. No, she she is she isn't like she doesn't have the genitalia of a Smurf. If that's what you're asking. What's the female Smurf's name? Smurfette. Smurfette. But no, I was like, she hands this to me and I was just, and then she starts laughing and I was like, what is this? It's in a fancy box. It is in a fancy box. Her friend waxes her, which I find kind of strange too, but she has this one really hot friend, you know, that girl, Cody, Uh uh, and she waxes her and I guess like, isn't that just a weird thing to do? It's very, it's, it's almost an intimate thing to do with a friend of yours. 
Like, I would never be yeah, like... Yeah, I've talked to girls about this before, though. They'd rather have somebody they know do it rather than some random person staring them down on the business end. I guess, but I mean, I couldn't imagine being like, hey, Wackily, you want to wax my taint? No. No, yeah, I just, I just don't, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a weird intimacy that I think females have with each other that men just aren't willing to go They're more there. comfortable with their bodies. I don't I guess, want to even but, wax my own taint. I don't want to look down that. But I mean, like her, I'm not her standing over her a mirror. splayed open pussies in her friend's face, and her friends meanwhile just like ripping hairs off of her uh, vagina. Yeah, I and then they both it thought it was really funny to give it to me, and now I'm just kind of like, okay, so the trucker balls and your uh, wax pussy, but you know what do I do with this? Well, I know you sleep with them every night. <laughs> both <laughs> items. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm, ones in your mouth is remains to be seen. Well, I don't know. I, I, I've been carrying them around with me now, so it, it, it's kind of fun. But no, you know, all in all, it was a very drunken Christmas. I think I got drunk uh, three nights in a row, and uh, I'm t- kind of taking a break this week. I've noticed a lot of people at my work have the entire week off. And I think, is that customary? Is that normal? Is that most businesses give their employees the full two weeks off? Well, not two weeks, but, you know, from Christmas Eve all the way to New Year's Day, I think, you know, it's about 50% maybe do that. But when, okay, when a I've holiday... Been, I've been working, like I said. When a holiday falls on, like, a Thursday, do you usually get the Friday off? Depends. Thanksgiving we do, but uh, Christmas, Christmas we you don't. didn't? No, we don't. Oh, so you had to take that extra day off. Yeah. And I even think I did do some work on that day. So what about for uh, this Friday, for uh, day after New Year's? Uh, I'll probably, like I said, do a little bit of work from home, but I don't know. No, no, we actually have I to actually, go in. I, I so. committed myself to getting something done today, so yes, I will be working that day. No, I, I had actually person made me commit to something. Yeah, I have been to work the entire week, which I've been quite annoyed. But about. you're saying a lot of people at your work don't have to work. No, dude, what do you, what do you, the Jews have to work and the, the Gentiles don't? How do I, they, how I do they think that's that? what it is. And seriously, I think this anti-Semitic corporation I work for is just like, okay, uh, we're just going to segregate the Jews, and you have to work these two weeks. Uh-huh. I don't know. Actually, I think it's the other people in departments that don't have anything else to do. Yeah. But yeah, so I've I've had to work this whole week. But, I mean, it's it doesn't really bother me working over Christmas. But working around New Year's, it's like, you know, you got, you got to plan. You got to plan for the festivities. Oh, and, yeah. You really got, you got to do it up. But so, uh, or else your whole year is going to be a failure. <laughs> well, speaking of which, and this kind of what leads me into the, uh, the intro topic for the show here. New Year's Eve, the perennial letdown. That yeah. it is. I think we talk about this every year. I think every it's year. It's my long-standing belief that it's a horrible holiday. Well, I mean, is it your most hated holiday, even more so than Halloween? Yeah. Because Halloween is easy to blow off. Halloween, you can just say, people ask you, what are you doing for Halloween? And you say, nothing. I'm not eight years old. I don't like candy. That's that. So, but so why? But you, when you say that for New Year's Eve, though, it's like, wow, are you going to commit suicide? <laughs> is that your plan? <laughs> But why the distaste for New Year's Eve? Amateur night? Is it just the obligation to go out and do something? Or does it make you feel old? It's the obligation, and then the expectations are built up so high. So I have a question for you. There's no right answer. It's whatever you feel. Okay. But if you have a shitty New Year's Eve, does that mean that you're... The preceding year was a failure, or does it mean that your upcoming year is going to be a failure? Because you know what I'm saying? Are, okay, are you starting so, off a bad year, or are you ending the year on a bad note? Which is it? I've always thought it's you're ending the year. This is the culmination. You know, this. so this tomorrow night will be the culmination of, of 2008. 2008. Okay. And well, then that makes you're you kind of shedding it, and you're starting you it anew. Get a, you get a clean slate, though. Even if you do a shitty New Year's Eve... 
you still get a clean slate to start with. You're like, maybe 2009, January or December 31st, I'll do something really cool. Well, it's interesting to me because you talk to like your various groups of friends. You're like, so what? What do you have planned for New Year's? And some people, you know, the couples are, oh, well, we're going to go out to eat. And then, uh, you know, maybe we'll go for a drink at a couple different bars. Yeah, yeah there's you- always the people who are going to go somewhere. They're going on a trip. We're going to go to uh, wherever, Palm Springs or something. Which I wouldn't mind even doing that. Like if I, I don't if you know. weren't single. Well, I was thinking of, <laughs> well, I was thinking of taking my girlfriend's wax pussy hair and then, oh, yeah. uh, you know, going on a vacation <laughs> just to, to myself, you know, getting out of town. I was actually planning on getting out of town and going to uh, New Orleans. Orleans. Yeah, that was my plan. I but thought, then, well, didn't you plan to go to Vancouver at one point, or am I? No, no, that? I was gonna go. I do want to go to Vancouver at one point. I mean, we have uh, Kendra lives up there. It'd be uh, cool to hang I out what there. What she's doing for New Year's? <laughs> but um, she's back with her boyfriend. I read on the forums. So. Okay, I'm not You're going. I'm not, not going to Vancouver anymore. <laughs> but no, I was planning on just getting out of town and just spending New Year's doing something new. Then I realized yeah, it's just too expensive to go do that. It's Plus, just, I mean, do you really believe that your New Year's Eve would be that much better in New Orleans, or you'd just be sitting in your hotel room doing nothing rather than sitting in your I just studio thought, apartment doing nothing? You know, it's, it seems like almost every New Year's I'm tied down with a girlfriend, and you kind of have to go out with her friends. you got to go out and party because, I mean, most I haven't dated a girl that's just content sitting at home. You know, drinking beer and going to the bar across the street. Uh-huh. I always have to date those girls. They're these high maintenance chicks that just want to go out, and you have to have this big crazy night of partying, yeah. or the whole year is a failure. They put on their seventeen-inch heels, which means they can't really walk anywhere. And so their fishnet stockings. You carry yeah. them or the cabin everywhere. Yeah, and uh, but 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 yeah. So I was thinking, you know, this is the first year I'm by myself. I want to get out of town. Get out of Dodge and just go and have my own New Year. No expectations. I could just go to any bar I want to do. You know, go to. I right. still want to do this. But eventually. The, the economy's shitty, and you weren't able to do that. Yeah, it was just too expensive. So it's then a, you got to. This is what happens. Now, then you, so it's coming up. You haven't planned anything. Neither have I. No one has. None any of plans. our friends have. So you got to. Now everybody's trying to make do with something. Well, That's the I, stage we're in right I now. I was trying to figure out why is New Year's Eve always a letdown? Is it because? You had that one amazing party back in 2001, back in Ot One. You had this incredible party, and no other like six, you know, succeeding party can compare with that. Yeah, that's where the expectations come from. If you never had a good one, then you then, then a pretty, you know, then a mediocre one would be all right. But it's you have a really good one, and all the other ones pale in comparison. So what what constitutes a good New Year's Eve? Like a menage a trois, an eight ball of cocaine. Yeah, mine were never menage a trois, but usually probably involves some sort of drugs. MDMA comes to mind. I mean, I can only recall one really standout, amazing New Year's Eve that I still haven't really, you know, had a parallel experience. And you recall that one. I'm sure we talked about it last New Year's Eve show and the year before that. But it was uh, that one party... I think I was a year outside of college. I think you were still in school. I'm a slow learner. <laughs> and uh, well, and yeah, but I mean, I, I almost wish I would have taken an extra year. But uh, people out there take five years of college, just one yeah. year for partying. Yes. But uh, this year, like everyone came back to Ann Arbor, and we just had this massive blowout party. Everyone had big, cocaine. A big house. It was actually a pretty nice house at that point. I don't think I was still in school. I was working, but I was still in the college town. 
But there are a couple of our friends that were still in school on like the six-year plan. Probably. But the point being that I had a job at that point, so our house was actually kind of cool and not super crowded with retards. You know, I think only four of us lived there. But there was a lot of extra room, you know, but, and big basement, big deck. But what was brilliant about that party is, is once again, it was also kind of unplanned. It was sort of spontaneous. It was like, oh, you know, I think we'll have a party. We have this really cool house, so let's just have this big party. About seven people came back from out of town to come mm-hmm. to this party. That was part of it too and it just everything and we, laid, and we laid in the liquor so like the, there was no problem with running out of booze and all the pieces kind of fell into place like a dealer came through we had like three eight balls of cocaine and just everyone just was doing drugs and there was a good amount of ladies and men yeah there. i think i got laid it was it was just a really just an all-in-all great new year's party and i have yet to have one that you know and April's, everybody got said, snowed in so the new year's party went on to like to january 2nd <laughs> exactly there, there was a, you they, couldn't leave you couldn't leave so we were just partying for like three days straight it, it took me a while to recover from that but so so now you wonder like every uh, successive new year's are they going to be a letdown it's never going to be like that party i don't think <laughs> well so you wonder okay well what makes uh, what makes a successful new year's is it the people that plan ahead three weeks in advance or is it just the spontaneity, or is it just, you know, just let fate be as it may and see what happens? I think it's got to be fate, because like you said, nobody knew that that party was going to be as fun as it was. It just ended up fun. Well, so I was reading on this website, uh, gawker.com, and they were talking about the five types of New Year's Eve parties. And I think every the party... Party tropes. <laughs> the party tropes, exactly. I think it's every party will fall into one of these categories, and pretty much every New Year always tends to fall into one of these categories. So so let me go through this list here. Party type number one. You got to go out and you got to go party. I mean, at our age, I would feel like an old man if I stayed at home. Like at this point, would you stay at home and not do anything on New Year's? I I stayed home in the past three years at one point. I can't remember what year it was, but yeah. But I know you have the inclination because you're like, it's amateur night. This is going to suck. We have no plan. I still feel like I got to get on the horse and make something of this evening. Uh-huh. It's the obligation, I uh-huh. think. It's just no, overpa- I don't do it every overpowering. Year. Yeah, normally, I have that feeling. You got you to go out. So what I think is going to happen this year, you know, much like every other year, you're too busy to actually plan ahead. And so last minute, you're thinking, okay, well, we could go do this. We could go, to, you know, we could go to this bar. We can go to this guy's house. It's the party type number one. Oh, this will work. It's like when all other plans cancel, you know, your friend who's going to come in, out, in from out of town is like, I'm not going to make it. You're just like, okay, well, there's a party up the street that we could go to, or how about we just go to the bar that we always hang out at that might be fun. Right. This isn't going to be the party with a crazy amount of drugs or, I don't know, strippers or go-go dancers or, you know, like, uh, or it's some, like a- some awesome DJ at a smoke machine. This is the party that somebody threw together at the last minute. Like, this is a nice party. People wearing their holiday sweaters. There's some nuts and chips and dip or you kind <laughs> and of- some bottles of wine exactly. on a table. It's a party, you know, by... The, for the sake of partying. Yeah. But where it's the music like, is like somebody put their mellow iPod mix <laughs> on their stereo. That's that's what you're listening to. Or where you've kind of like cajoled your friend into having the party. Even though yeah. he was reluctant about it, it's like, well, I guess I do have the biggest apartment 
Yeah. All right. I guess I'll. All right. Well, bring over some champagne or something. Yeah. So you don't show. It's not like you show up and some dude has a lampshade on his head and is yeah. like dancing on top of the table and falls off the balcony. And there's like three crates of poppers. It's kind of like everybody gets slowly, mellowly drunk over time and you start having these like reminiscent conversations and everybody ends up pretty drunk, but. Yeah. Sort of mellowly drunk. It's the mellow but party. I do love it, though, when you have like all your friends that, that also have nothing to do. You're like, well, you have a nice place. Why don't you have a party? Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. We, I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. It's like, oh, come on. <laughs> you know, you try to talk them into it. That actually seems to um, be probably the most promising thing for uh, New Year's 2008. Year? I think uh, that's probably what is going to happen. Maybe, maybe not. There's one other alternative. So party type number two is uh is the bar up the street. You know, no one wants to have a party at their house. So let's just go to, you know, the fail safe plan. You know, the high tide up yeah. the street. They're yeah. having a party. For me, this is the the real last minute plan. <laughs> this is like the you couldn't decide on anything. No and one's willing to have a party. And it's like it's probably even maybe 10, 30, 11 at this point before you even put, you know, figure out what shoes you're going to wear. <laughs> so you just go to the closest bar where you know that it's not. It can't be one of these like places that charges 160 bucks, but maybe they charge like 15 dollars or 10 bucks to get, a, to get a in. Free glass of champagne with your money and. Well, th- I mean, this is just another product of poor planning. Yeah, and it's like you go to that bar and it's just completely crowded. So then you got to go. Well, there's the other one that's a block up the street, and uh-huh. you go over there, and you know everyone's kind of pissed at each other. Your girlfriend's just bitching. That's like I just want to be somewhere, anywhere, inside at midnight. Yeah, I've you heard know, those exact words before. I don't want to be wandering around the fucking street. Yeah, and Dude. then in the meantime, they're complaining that their shoes hurt as you're like, well, let's just go to this one that's one block further because this one's too crowded. And it's just like, like, my feet hurt. I'm wearing 17-inch heels. And you're like, bitch, would you shut the fuck up? I'll give you a piggyback. We're just going to go to some bar. This bar sucks. Shut up. The one improvement <laughs> this has over the first type, the mellow party, is usually there will be some guy at the, the at the bar up the street who is, is crazily wasted. drunk and, like, wearing some weird, you know, get up and, like, you know, falling off the bar or trying to light his dick on fire. And very like entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. And plus, you never know. It is almost like a roll of the dice because you might end up at that bar that you're going to get the great New Year's Eve story at. Yeah. You know, seven different chicks climbed up on the bar, you know, on top of the bar, took off their shirts, and were dancing around. You're doing shots off their titties. Some strange dude you might befriend, and he, like, has some crazy drug that you've never done before. He gives you a titty, you go do it in the bathroom. That's exactly. I mean, so that could happen. Could so happen. That's party type number two, bar up the street. That could, that could end up being... That you an know, epic chance, New Year's, epic New Year's, epic New but, Year's. But I don't know; the chances are slim. I don't know. I think you have a better chance though than party type number one. Though. Oh, definitely. Uh, the, this will work. Party at party house. type number number one never ends up being the epic. No, party. never does. And it's usually something you do when you're over thirty five. So party type number three here, and this is what I did last year, and might end up doing this year, is party at the club. You know, you you know exactly what this is all about. If you live in a large metropolitan area, you have. An assortment of clubs, and you and go this there. Is, this is must be distinguished from the bar up the street. This is the dance club. This is the place that will have one or more DJs, and it's going to be one hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> just to get yeah. in the front door. Yeah, and they might say, "Okay, yeah, well, drinks free." So you get some watered down vodka soda. Yeah, or just or just <laughs> it's like the worst headache and Miller Lite vodka beer. Ever. Yeah, and it's yeah. And and to, it, to paraphrase the forty year old virgin, yeah, these places put their club up on the pedestal. It will be you know yeah one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars 
For you and your date to get in. Yeah, exactly. So you're spending $300. Dude, They'll I maybe s- give you a glow stick or something. I remember New Year's Eve 1999. I was in New York City, and it was $250 for me and my girlfriend to get into this fucking club that her friend needed to go to. And yeah, dude, I mean, it was just like this horrible, like, random techno music, you know, watered down drinks. The place was packed. You like also, a line that's, that's like 30 people long just to go take a piss. $25 to check your coats. Yeah, that's you, how they get you with the coat. Exactly. And in my opinion, I think that is the worst kind of New Year's Eve party because you're trapped in a terrible place. You have terrible people all around you. You've spent all your money to get into this place. Yeah, and I think we're taking a step back from number from option number two in that there will not be a crazy, drunk, hilarious guy there. There'll be a lot of crazy, drunk assholes. Douchebags. Dude, yeah, like, you know, guys who are on roids and are ready to roid, roid rage at the drop of a hat. And That's all you can expect there. Didn't you also go to Vegas one year with, and the, and the, with some that, dudes? That was my next point. It's like Vegas is basically one large douchebag club the on New Year's. One large douchebag expensive club. Vegas is the king of... Of party type number three. But on New Year's, like though, it's the worst because it's so crowded. You have to wait in line to get into every casino. And right. the worst part about it is they don't let you carry around bottles of champagne. They won't actually let you carry around glass on the street. Okay. Because there are so many hooligans, so many douchebags. I'm surprised somebody doesn't start selling, you know, giant two-liter, plastic two-liters of champagne. You can get you can make you know, a million dollars. Actually, I'm, that's a damn good idea. That's yeah. a, If you went down to Vegas... With a truck full of champagne and two liter, plastic two liters, right. you'd probably make a million dollars. But Times Square is, you know, falls in the same category. It's just like, just packed with douchebags urinating on each other and puking. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and it's, it costs I so much to get out there. At least Times Square, though, you can say, like, well, I'll talk about this for the rest of my life, you know, and I'll bore my children. Yeah, I'll I'll bore my children with this story. I don't know. We, instead of, on the, that New Year's 99 in New York City, we didn't actually even go to Times Square, which, might so have club, been a monumental the club, event. <laughs> the club that you went to wasn't in Times Square? Where was it? No, it was like uh, the meatpacking district or something. Oh, okay. And yeah. it was this huge club. And, yeah, God, it was awful. And so then there's party type number four here, which I have yet to do. This is like I think this is what happens when you um, give birth to children <laughs> and uh, you have a family. It's, oh, we went to bed at 11 and just slept right through it. <laughs> and I, you know, I've never done that. I've I've done like a pretty mellow New Year's, but I've never actually just went to bed and slept through New Year's. I've never slept through it, but I have. I've stayed. I've started drinking at my home. I think I was. Well, I've done this both single and with a girlfriend. Like too early, like maybe at six. <laughs> <laughs> so by like eleven, you're fucking wasted. Yeah, and you plan on going to the bar down the street or something. You know, you know at that point that you have no plans, but you're thinking you're going to go option two bar down the street, and you're just by ten thirty, you're totally shit faced. You're like, I don't care anymore. Yeah, and I don't think I fell asleep before midnight, but I was not leaving the house. But so, at what age do you watch Dick Clark slash Ryan Seacrest on the on the screen, and that's what you look forward to? Oh, I don't know. I mean, Dick Clark is kind of a scary character lately. I don't know if you know. He had a stroke or something. <laughs> he's not Seacrest... as joyous to watch. Yeah, Seacrest is taking over. Yeah, but he's Glad- also happily. just as scary. No, he's not. You I... haven't seen Dick Clark recently, if you can All make right. that statement. Who would you rather wake up after a night of binge drinking? You wake up in the morning and the, this person's in your bed. Would you rather have it be Ryan Seacrest or Dick Clark? Seacrest all the way. <laughs> I don't know. You're saying Dick Clark? You're mad, Yeah. Man. I don't know, dude. I just think it would be scarier, Dick, but it would be more interesting. Dick Clark's, like, depend undergarments would be leaking all over your bed sheets. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I have yet to actually sleep through the New Year's, but I do wonder. Like, is, is have it when, you stayed home though? Have you done the modified option four where you, you know, just don't go out? I've yet to stay home on the New Year's. Wow, I've forced are, myself. To, I'm a, a trooper. I'm a party guy. I didn't know you were such a New Year's Eve badass, dude. I'm a party guy. I, you know, I don't particularly enjoy. You're like the chair bringing in the New Year. I don't particularly enjoy New Year's Eve, but I'm saying I feel the need to do something, and if I didn't. I'd be upset with myself. You should dress up in a diaper with a sash that says 2009 and go out. That would be pretty fun. With a big See, pacifier. I would be that guy at the bar making someone else's night. Yeah, do exactly. it. So uh, party type number five, which is kind of a nondescript um, you know, party here, is the old Lang saying New Year's Eve that works out perfectly. Auld Lang sign. Auld Lang <laughs> sign, New Year's Eve that works out perfectly. All right, so that's the miracle one that for, and it's like a, it's sort of a, what's the word I'm looking for? Backhanded miracle because exactly what we're talking about. It's great, but then forever after, you'll all your New Year's Eve are gonna, yeah. or New Year's Eves are gonna suck. You'll never have a party that compares. Yeah, and, and, this, it, and it's usually it has to do with MDMA. <laughs> MDMA, three hot chicks, and a little bit of cocaine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. A lot of booze. You know, I kind of hope that all of our sick and wrong listeners out there have the Auld Lang Syne New Year's Eve this year. The best party you'll ever have, especially you young ones, because you're going to be just as bitter as we are when when you're 33 years old. Do it when you're young so you can have many, many bitter New Year's Eves. (laughs) Just all these New Year's that are just constantly just perennial disappointment. The last thing you want to do is throughout your life have each one be a little bit better than the last, because that's just not realistic. Until you're like, you know, right before you get married, you have the best New Year's Eve better, you know, that you've ever had. You know who that happened to? Who? Ryan Seacrest. Yeah. (laughs) That's how he turned out like that. You don't want to be like that. I fucking hate that guy. Well, it's, it, it keeps getting better for that guy. That's that's who you turn into. And if you don't care about New Year's Eve and it's like you don't put any planning, I think this is the best way to celebrate it. Just think of it as another night to get drunk. Yeah. You don't have to work the next day. Just go get as wasted as possible and right. who cares what happens. Be sure to rent some movies, though, because you, if you turn on the TV, you can't get away from it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Well, well, we'll talk next week about what ended up happening to us. People, this is episode 155 here of Sick and Wrong. Last week was the uh, Christmas show, and uh, we had Mary Roach on the week before, so we're kind of behind in telling up totals of um, uh, people who won the last shows. The last real show, which the was last, in, what, uh, 152? It was episode 152. Damn. So just in terms of, um, I don't think it really matters at this point. <laughs> But just in terms of keeping consistency, let me, let me go through here. So episode 152, I doubt you're going to remember this, but I did a story about a crescent wrench killer, a guy who killed his wife with a crescent wrench. Wackerly did a story about a woman who assisted her husband committing suicide poorly. Poorly. And a listener sent a story about a speeding wanker who killed a bunch of people. Believe it or not, it was actually quite close. Wackerly, you won by one vote. 94, listener came in with 93, and I came in... Paltry third with uh, 42. So congratulations, Wackerly. I owe you a six-pack of Nog. Okay. Uh, in episode 153, we interviewed Mary Roach, which um, if you haven't already picked up her book, Bonk, go check it out. It's great. Um, you, I think you put up a uh, voting uh, voting box for... You can vote for your favorite, yeah. favorite Mary Roach <laughs> Your favorite Mary Roach book. Most of us that came in were actually for Stiff because most people hadn't even read uh, Bonk yet. And then a lot of the votes, which I actually kind of predicted here, 
So I haven't read any of her her books, but she looks like a hot chick, so I'm voting anyway. <laughs> so um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, really, I put her picture up. I don't put much stock in that. And uh, last week we uh, we allowed you to vote for our Christmas miracles. If you recall, Wackerly did a miracle about a amazing Chinese basketball girl, and uh, I did a story about um, they found Adam Walsh's uh, serial killer, and they closed. They finally closed the Walsh case. Wackerly, you slayed me. I, you had like 120 votes. I had one. <laughs> I had one person. <laughs> Nobody who cared actually about voted little Adam Walsh's head in the rowboat, dude. No one even cared about Adam Walsh. Now, you know, I kind of chalked that up to our audience being kind of youthful and not knowing, you know, the uh, degree of just importance that the Walsh case had. Still, but it's like an eight-year-old's head in a rowboat versus some girl bouncing around like a Harlem Globetrotter baby. Dude, you got 120 votes. So whatever, <laughs> your Christmas miracle was the real Christmas miracle. Yeah, I also have to. Uh, Give credit for that to our friend in L.A. who actually sent that to me that I stole it from. <laughs> Cheater. I'm sending him the beer. Okay, fine. People, you know the way Sick and Wrong works. Wacker and I comb the internet for the most disturbing news items of the week. Present them here on the show. Audience votes. Winner gets a case of beer. We also throw in a wild card with the listener submission, which you can send to sickandwrongpodcast at a hotmail.com. Um, I'm sure you can predict the listener submission for this week. Yeah. Dude, we had like 50 people send the same story in. So uh, I was going to steal it. Because, it's a down-home story from, well, you know, from our I, home state here. I'm not going to even tell you what it is yet. And I was going to steal this story because I wasn't even going to steal it. I read about it, and then I look in there, check our email, and I see like 50 people sent it in already. But uh, you know what? I gave it to the first listener to actually send it in. Well, actually, let me kick off episode 155 with my story uh, here, uh, which is going to be my final story for uh, the year 2008. Oh, Kind of a special moment. It's really for me. dramatic. When you drive your car, you have a car. What do you have? A Mazda? I have a Mazda hatchback. But you drive it with gasoline, right? I put gasoline in my car. That's true. You don't I use biodiesel? Bio <laughs> it doesn't run on solar power or hippie feet fumes or anything like that. Well, actually, I think uh, here's a fuel alternative that uh, you might need to pay attention to. I'm always interested in new fuels. <laughs> There's a probe into a specially resourceful surgeon here who powers his 4x4 with his patient's excess flab. The leading Beverly Hills cosmetic surgeon, Dr. Alan Bittner, Claims to be saving the planet by using fat removed from clients in a liposuction operation to power his 4x4 vehicle. Bittner says he turned fat sucked out of patients uh, during liposuction into biodiesel or lipodiesel uh, for his car. Mm. So if you think about it, which I didn't even know this was possible, but I guess uh, you can use vegetable oil and animal fat to power a car. Isn't that what biodiesel is? Yeah, it's all hydrocarbons. It's all hydrocarbons these days and ball bearings. Well, it says biodiesel is commonly made from vegetable oils, although half the U.S. supply comes from beef or pig products. But I never knew that uh, animal or vegetable fat could actually power a motor vehicle. Uh, well, if you believe this story, it can. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what to say. I don't think you like jam the fat cells right into the gas tank. I think you have to do something to it first to turn it into biodiesel. You're the worst engineer I've ever spoken to. I'm not a chemical Marco, engineer. you're I'm an engineer. It doesn't matter. I'm engineers know this engineer. shit. You're like fucking MacGyver. You got to know how this shit works. 
All right, I'll jam the fat right in the I gas make tank. We'll see what porn happens. magazines for a living. I I have no idea. I, I I picture these are like you know you know the the fat chicks. Yeah, that uh, get the fat sucked well, out of, of the them. Most of the chicks that you look at are made of silicone. I don't think that burns. <laughs> <laughs> so if you think about it in this, if, if if you think about it in this this respect here. This guy sucks fat out of liposuction, liposuction operations in Beverly Hills to power his vehicle. Yeah. In this respect, America could probably power the entire world. Right, but... If uh, we harnessed this fuel source... I mean, dude, think how many... Is this the American people are fat thing again? Dude, think Haven't we done this to death? Think how many fat... I bet you America and Germany could be like the, could be like the new OPEC... So it's going to be called Fat Pack. But remember, he, this guy lives in Beverly Hills. You know, he's 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 reducing 140 pound women down to 105 pound women. These people have money. They're not that morbidly obese to begin with. Are, are we going to give free liposuction to you know like the super fat heifers who live in the Midwest? I'm speculating that uh, let's say this, that would be, this becomes I mean, a viable be a, source of fuel. Yeah, let's say this be. becomes a viable source of fuel. They can make fuel stations, lipo stations around the country. Uh-huh. You go to the Midwest and you just farm them like cattle. Think of how many big girls in the, it, that would be. But like, I don't think you sweet, have to farm free liposuction. Think, yeah, I think it would be a benefit, but it'd be uh, you know non-zero sum. It, it exactly. would benefit both parties. They would want to quid do pro it. quo. I yeah. mean, we would be like, we want your fat. And uh, we're going to party. You don't want your fat. You don't want to exercise. Here we go. Well, win win. According to Dr. Bittner here, he says his patients are more than happy to be involved in this extraordinary eco friendly scheme. The vast majority of my patients request that I use their fat for fuel, and I have more fat than I can use. Yeah. Which I thought people in Beverly Hill were so vain. I didn't think there'd be that many fatties over there. Well, they get it sucked out. Okay, so most of them, <laughs> they're too lazy to work out or go on a diet, so they just go see this doctor. Well, and they have billions and millions of dollars. So, <laughs> as you were saying here, not only do they get to lose their love handles or chubby belly, but they get to take part in saving the planet Earth. Right. Apparently, U.S. authorities are less impressed and have launched an inquiry into his claims that he's converting the waste fat into biodiesel. Yeah, it's a gimmick. Or lipodiesel, as he calls it. It's a publicity stunt. So you don't think he's using this uh, fat to power his vehicle? Oh, he probably vehicle? is, but I mean, what, does it qualify if he mixes 5% human fat with 95% actual diesel, diesel fuel and puts that in his car? Yeah, what, technically you know, he's using the fat to fuel his car. Well, it's And not- also, <laughs> biodiesels aren't necessarily eco-friendly just because somebody says it is. It's like, you know, they... Any diesel car has massive amounts of pollutants that come out of it. But, um, I mean, you're not using a fossil fuel here. Uh, what? You're not wreaking <laughs> havoc on the land. You know what? I'm not going to have this discussion with you right now. <laughs> well, it will go on and on in circles and circles. It is actually not known how Dr. Bittner went about turning the fat sucked out of his patients into fuel. Right. He claims to have carried out more than 7,000 lipo operations. And according to Forbes... A gallon of fat will produce a gallon of fuel. And drivers can get about the same amount of mileage from fat fuel as they do regular diesel. What the fuck does Forbes know about it? That's a financial magazine. It's not, a, it's not like popular mechanics. Well, Forbes uh, wrote an investigative report here right. on this guy. Good for Forbes. And the, the main reason they did that, their incentive here, is because it's illegal in the U.S. to use human medical waste to power vehicles. Why? That's what I don't understand. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like one of those antiquated laws like prohibition? Uh-huh. I mean, I, what, when, how, why is that even a law? 
Like, who was doing that back in, like, the 19, you know, hundreds when cars were made? That dude from uh, Devil in the White City. <laughs> what was his name? Uh, Holmes. H.H. Yeah. H. Holmes. Yeah, may, he might have been doing that. I'm not sure. His uh, Bittner's activities came to light uh, after recent lawsuits filed by patients that allege he allowed his assistant and his girlfriend to perform surgery when neither one held a medical license. Okay, well, that's a whole other story. So, yeah, you know, regardless of whether or not you think fat can be turned to fuel, you have the dude's girlfriend operating <laughs> on you who's never actually even held a scalpel before. Isn't it just like operating a vacuum cleaner? A shop vac? <laughs> jam it a in. A dustbuster? Yeah. You know, I don't, I'm not quite sure exactly. How, how does the lipo thing work? I mean, and exactly, what, what is Those her... dudes that pump gas aren't too smart. I mean... <laughs> Well, what's her role in this? Is he just like, all right, press the button. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, his lawyer here who represents, or the lawyer who represents three patients claims the assistant and girlfriend removed too much fat from clients and left them disfigured. Yeah. That's a chance you take with plastic surgery. I mean, it's not a natural process, right? I mean, well, this happens to everybody. Well, surprisingly, I didn't know you could be too thin in Beverly Hills. I thought, uh, I don't know. I thought, I thought that was admired. Uh, maybe, maybe it's me. Like I'm, Nicole I'm not sure. Ritchie? I uh, like the Olsen twins. Uh, <laughs> they sm- live in New York. If you actually go to Dr. Bittner's website, you'll see a notice on the website that reveals that he's actually fled to Bogota, Colombia. Oh, that's and not so, a good sign. <laughs> not guilty at all. Once yeah. a doctor flees the country and moves to South America, yeah, you wonder about that. Um, Dr. Bittner claims that uh, liposuction is, his tru- is truly his passion and uh, he's been extremely fortunate. However, after 10 years of private practice, I'm going back to South America to volunteer with a small clinic that is very similar to where my medical career began decades ago, where I can actually help those most in need. What, <laughs> what the hell is he planning to do down there, dude? There are no are, fat are people, people in Bogota. Yeah, are people in Bogota more uh, malnourished than overweight? Or maybe they're overweight, but they're still malnourished. Like, I don't think sucking out all their fat cells is going to really help them. I don't know what he's planning to do. I think he's planning to grind them up and make them into like beef patties or something. I, I mean, there's no diesel. fat. Yeah, di- <laughs> diesel patties. Yeah. I, I mean, but seriously, there's no fat down there. I'm sh- yeah, well, sometimes people can be malnourished and fat, right? You know, you're just, you're just eating lots of fatty foods. You're not getting the vitamins and Like those fiber Ethiopians with those big, huge stomachs. Yeah. Fat that's some, bastards. That's something else altogether. <laughs> so on the sick and wrong brown star scale... You know, the, the guy's doing a, a claims to be doing a benefit for the environment. I think mean, it's kind of admirable that he's using people's byproducts to power his vehicles rather than using gasoline. I think it's admirable, but I don't necessarily know that it's uh, friendly to the environment. He's just, he's just saying that. Well, I also find it spurious in its own right. But my question is, just the fact that the guy sucks out fat and shoves it and converts it through his magical liposuction fuel conversion process, it's, it's just kind of a disgusting procedure in my mind. I'm going to have to give this 3.5 stars. I do think that liposuction is probably the worst of the plastic surgeries. Well, it's just disgusting. It's but... like, you know why? Because it's completely unnecessary. Yeah, but what's worse, though? A big fat chick? It's the most unnecessary. It's the most unnecessary <laughs> plastic surgery because it's completely vain. Well, no, because you can get rid of your fat by eating less and exercising. You can't. Yeah. You can't make your tits bigger by doing anything. You can't make your nose less hook-like and dewy. <laughs> looking at you, D. Simon. 
you can't do that unless you have a nose job. Unless you have surgery. So this so is completely this is superfluous. One, yeah, this is the one plastic surgery that's completely just somebody being lazy and trying to take a shortcut and throwing a bunch of money at the problem rather than just doing some sit-ups, which are totally free. And so he's justifying their sluggishness. He's justifying their indolence. I'm sure there's a... You can't just have plastic surgery every year, right? Although I'm sure there are people who try. You know, they get liposuction. Sorry, I meant liposuction. Get liposuction, get fat again, come back again, try to get it again and again and again. Yeah, they, um, they, they probably do that. Yeah, it's disgusting. So, so I give the, it four. You're giving it four stars because yeah. you're just disgusted the by their back, sloth. Sucking it out. I, I can the imagine the American. sound is disgusting. What do you have here for episode 155? Is it still the season for Christmas Miracles? <laughs> you know, I'm not quite sure, but I thought you said last week yeah, go, that the miracles Chris- extend to January 1st. Exactly. So I have a story about a an Xmas gulag. <laughs> Xmas gulag. And when I say gulag, I'm talking in the sense of Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, not the actual gulag, which uh, I think is becoming the generally accepted uh, definition, right? I thought a gulag... Yeah, I thought Gulag was like they just let you wander off into Siberia. Well, that's is because it? your history is more informed by Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome than it is by actual history. So, so what is a Gulag by definition? The actual Gulag is the Gulag ar- Archipelago, they call it, which were all these prisons that were sort of stretched out like an archipelago up into Siberia where you would get sent to one of these places. They were basically work camps in Soviet Russia. So they would just make you march. Yeah, Alexander... I can't say his last name, but Solzhenitsyn, he wrote his famous book, The Gulag Archipelago, where he lived in these camps and was tortured and forced to work and starved. And so he, and he was sent on. And, and that's what Gulag is. nothing to do with marching is. anywhere. <laughs> but but I, I also subscribe to the Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome definition, which is where it's like a forced march or you get put on a donkey. With yeah, a with big that big plastic, like, head, plastic head thing. Yeah, I remember <laughs> they that. They just send you out into the, into the wild. So this is that sense a an Xmas gulag, um, apparently, which is a completely superfluous beginning to a, a story. Saying apparently, I tried to get rid of that habit, but I guess I haven't. Christmas miracle. Um, <laughs> Robert Aragon, who's fifty five and lives in Jerome, Idaho, was emotional during the short hearing where he banged his head on the defendant's table as Judge Ingram read the charges against him. After Ingram noted that second-degree murder carries a maximum penalty of life in prison, in prison, Aragon said, oh, my God, as he banged his head on the table one final time. Wow. He's, uh, so it makes forceful. you wonder what happened, right? And I told you it's an Xmas gulag, but let's get Well, he obviously details. was upset. Uh, basically, Robert's 11-year-old daughter, Sage Aragon, and her 12-year-old brother, Bear Aragon... Was this guy a hippie? Like who? Who I names their kids Sage and Bear? A Hobbit. <laughs> His name's Aragon, or at least maybe not a Hobbit, but at least from the world of the Lord of the Rings. His daughter's name's Sage. His son's name's Bear. He sounds like he comes from Middle Earth. Yeah. Um, Maybe the ghetto of Middle Earth because his wife's name or ex-wife's name is Jolita. <laughs> well, anyways, these two kids were with their father on Thursday, Christmas. When uh, his truck got stuck in a snowdrift in Idaho near State Highway 75. So Idaho gets cold. 
very snowy, big, big, deep drifts, you know, four feet deep, that kind of thing. Um, the children, we live with him in Jerome, and he was taking them to visit their mother, Jolita Jenks, in West Magic. West Magic, Idaho? Which is the bad part of uh, Middle Earth. Okay. Yeah. So that's like kind of where the evil wizard lived with the big tree things. Yeah, more the... Uh, you, well, I'm not kidding. The Orakai. <laughs> yeah. The Orakai. The people, you know, who are on disability and uh, welfare, that sort of thing. Okay. Um, Did his kid look like Gollum? I don't know. I don't have any pictures. <laughs> I'm sure after the gulag. No, I think they were like elfin cute kids, you know, and you, you'll believe me when you hear the rest of the story. Aragon let the children out because his car was stuck, remember, in a snowbank. He let the children out to walk to their mother's house while he and another adult stayed behind to free the vehicle. Okay. Which makes you think like he was almost there, right? Like, kids, walk the three blocks, go to the warm house, have some hot cocoa. Me and um, Frodo are going to get the truck out or whatever. Yeah, so they, so he was actually, it, it sounds to me that he was doing something, you know, valorous. Like, he was actually yeah. trying to, you know, let the kids go off, get the, get the hot cocoa, and he was going to remove yeah. the car. Not so much. That was misdirection on my part. Because they were actually 10 miles away from the place. <laughs> the mom says that uh, he didn't even call her to tell her that they were walking. A Blaine County search and rescue team found the boy at a rest area near Highway 10 shortly before 10 p.m. that night. The boy was found wearing only long underwear. Uh, the sheriff said that apparently the kid was delusional from hypothermia and actually been taking off his jacket, pants, and shoes and discarded them just because he didn't know what the fuck he was doing, you know, which made it just exacerbated the situation. It must have been like, what, negative 10? Um, the rest area was about 4.5 miles from where the kid started walking, which means he had about 5.5 miles to go still, you know, but he'd sort of just given up the ghost, not the ghost, but given up and it sat at this rest stop. They say later on that, uh, it was, uh, the temperatures ranged from 27 degrees above zero to minus five. Jesus. At the time they were walking. Through and the this snow. is like what? A 10 year old kid. Uh, he's 12. The sister's 11. Um, at some point. So they're talking to the, the son bear. Um, I don't think he has bear's fur or fat <laughs> level to get him through this situation, but that's just a nickname. or Bear in name only. In here. name only. Um, at some point, the children had separated. They disagreed about whether to keep going or turn back. Bear kept on telling her, let's go, Sage. Let's go, Sage. This is the mother. Um, recalling what her son told her. She said, no, I'm going back. The little girl was found about 2.7 miles from where the two set out. Barely visible under windblown drifting snow when search dogs located her along a local road at about 2 a.m. Friday morning. So this is the 26th. So the brother and sister split up. The, the girl decided to go back. The girl couldn't and the brother take it anymore. Going on. And she said, I'm going to go back to our retarded dad who <laughs> sent us on this fucking fool's journey. I mean, they're basically being sent into Mordor. Like, here, go take this ring and throw it at the fucking thing. You're just two little hobbits. Are you right? got to lose the Lord of the Rings analogy. At, th- at this right, point... I'm done with it. But wait, wasn't there a movie? Was it Return of the King when they were wandering through the snow mountains? I think that's it, yeah. It might have been it's that one. It's kind of like that. So, so the asshole dad here in this, in this story, what, what was his reasoning for letting the kids walk on by themselves? It's unclear. I think, I, just, I just an, don't I think get... he's not an asshole. I think he's an idiot. But I think the mom's an idiot, too, because when the dogs found uh, the body of the... Uh, let's not say the body. Found the girl the in the snowbank wearing her brown down coat, black shirt, pink pajama pants. Not snow nice. pants, pajama pants and tan snow boots. 
The first thing the mom thought was, I thought she was alive because they said she, they found her. The mom said, I was excited. <laughs> You're a moron. Do they have a lot of meth in Idaho? They must. I, I just I seem to think that they probably do. The girl was pronounced dead at Ketchum Hospital. Preliminary autopsy reports indicate she died of hypothermia. Really? Um, so wait, what, what about the, the boy here, Porcupine or whatever? Did he end up living? <laughs> He's still alive. Uh, they don't say whether he has frostbite or nothing, but uh, I'm talking like them already, or nothing. Or nothing. But, uh, and the dad just didn't know what was going on. They don't. He doesn't give an explanation or anything. I guess. Did the some, dad get the car out? He did. He got the car out, and he drove back to his house. He didn't drive to the mom's to be like, or or go down the path that they would have been walking to like make sure that they made it or they weren't becoming, you know, kid sickles across <laughs> the on the side of the road. Sick and wrong father of the year, right here. Yeah. He does seem to be very worked up, though. I don't know whether it's because he could get life in prison or whether you know he lost his two kids. But the mom does say that, you know, she doesn't need to sit and yell. He, she knows that he's going through hell right now. I picture him to look like my cousin Earl. They don't have a, a photo of him. I'm do they? sure he has a mustache. Yeah, I picture a mustache, maybe a Balding. goatee. Balding, yeah. maybe a goatee. Never had liposuction. Really thin. Yeah, I, I see him. Never as being needed really liposuction. Thin. Exactly. Well, and you know, and meth actually keeps you pretty thin. That's true. So on the Sigurong Brown Star scale, there is no reason for the you know that girl to die or the boy to be almost frozen to death. I wonder if they'd gotten their Christmas presents yet or if they were like on their way to get them. <laughs> going, going, yeah. Well, you know, actually, if you think I about it. I got that cabbage patch kid. <laughs> maybe that was the point though because the parents couldn't afford to buy them any gifts because they spent all on math. So yeah. he's like, yeah, just keep walking over that way. No, no, a little walking. further. Keep keep going. They're, yeah. they're, they're just over that hill over You're there. You're wearing pajama pants. You should be fine. <laughs> Sick or wrong star scale, dude. I'm going to give that 4.5. I'm going to give. He it didn't 4. fuck 5 the girl. Also. No, but she did die. Yeah, she did die. 4. Although 7. they say that freezing to death is the best way to go. Yeah, I, you know, I'd actually probably prefer that because you just kind of pass out. Yeah, you know, it's cold. But although your fucking lips are chapped from the wind and your fucking snot is dried in your nose, that's not pleasant. And your but... eyes are frozen over. Yeah. Well, the listener submission uh, this week is also about a. Uh, I guess it's more of a disgruntled father, but not a very good father. Uh, this listener's submission, as I mentioned before, was sent in by 50 different people. I mean, everybody like saw this article immediately. It's like, sick and wrong. Oh, my God. We got to send this in. Oh, my God. So, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of feel I could call House Advantage and take it from them. Yeah. You know, because we, you do, didn't. we do kind of play God. Because no, you're in the Christmas spirit with the Christmas it's miracle. It's Christmas miracle. We let the first listener send this in. The first listener send this in is our good friend Mark from Chicago. He writes, the AP wire says this is 40 minutes old. So maybe I got it just in time. So that means <laughs> I'm glad he's so excited about that means Mark him. here is a true, dedicated, sick and wrong fan. He was searching for articles on Christmas Day. Yeah. Instead of out Does out it there. Say what time his email came in? You know, I didn't. I didn't write down the yeah, timestamp. Sure it does, but you didn't write it down. But instead of like you know opening <laughs> gifts or playing with his family or looking at photo albums or stuffing his face with Christmas ham. Drinking nog. Drinking well, he probably nog. was drinking nog, he probably, nog surfing yeah. the internet. He was on the internet, probably just finished jerking off to some Christmas porn. And uh, here he is like, you know, if I read this story, this is going to sick and wrong. I he, hope he was sucking on one of those mini candy canes at the time. <laughs> the while the he's tiny surf- ones? Yeah, while he's surfing the net. He mm, says, seems Santa... Okay. 
He says, Seam Santa went a little funny in the head. I love the name of the the name given of the neighbor in the last paragraph. Happy holidays, kids. Mark. And this story, I, I will go right now and say it's a five star. And I don't want to like preempt anyone's voting, but it has a bloody massacre of like nine people. There's a homemade flamethrower involved, a Santa suit that actually melts onto a man's body uh-huh. and booby traps. I mean, dude. You already know this is a five-star. But uh, people judge it fairly based on the other stories you've heard tonight. Santa Gunman's marriage dissolved when wife discovered he abandoned his brain-damaged son. Is it really at fault for that? Uh, This happened in Covina, California. A man plotting revenge against his ex-wife, dressed up like a Santa, went to his former in-law's Christmas Eve party, shot at partygoers, and destroyed his former in-law's house with a homemade flamethrower device that sprayed flammable liquid he slaughtered at least nine people before killing himself hours later you know this would never happen in a jewish household this would never happen at a hanukkah party because we don't have a big fat guy that dresses up in a red suit now if the guy was wearing like a dreidel outfit maybe we'd let him in the front door maybe but we'd also think well that's weird because dreidels don't have legs or arms yeah have you, you know? has there ever been somebody in a dreidel outfit or did you just make that up my, my uncle used to wear one for me. <laughs> Bruce Pardo, 45 years old, saw his marriage fall apart this year when his wife discovered he had abandoned a brain-damaged son years earlier but continued to claim the boy as a tax write-off. Now, with this was with a different mother? No, this is the same mother. Uh, they had been divorced for a while. and uh, Pardo, How did she lose track of the brain-damaged kid? No, no. She knew that he had abandoned the kid, but he was claiming the boy as a tax write-off. Oh, that's... This is what prompted... It wasn't the abandonment that pissed her off? No, the abandonment... But that the abandonment didn't cause her to actually, like, get a divorce. No. Oh. They were split, but what actually ended up happening is they got divorced once she found out that um, he had abandoned his kid. Okay. Um, and the kid was five when they married in 2006. Okay. When his wife started divorce, Pardo evicted her from their home, piling her belongings on the street... Uh, the couple reached a full settlement in their divorce about a week before the slaughter. So this is right before the slaughter here. Ending a marriage, the divorce uh, that, judge said nothing could save. That, that's a nice way to put, put it, that they reached a settlement. <laughs> right? I mean, she took a bunch of his shit. Well, she took a bunch of his bullets, apparently. <laughs> yeah, but no. But the bullets came because the settlement that was reached is the judge said, all right, you owe her a bunch of shit. Give it, fork it over. And uh, here's what you're going to pay her in alimony and child support for the rest of your life also. And he lost it and decided to dress up in yeah. a Santa suit and go yeah. kill her Let's at her Christmas Eve. Let's not use settlement euphemism, though. <laughs> Let's give this guy a little bit of credit. So uh, after they, they were married here, and uh, it was not an amicable, amicable divorce, as you can imagine. Really? Uh, he wanted to remain married while his wife wanted a divorce. After they um, were split, Pardo lost it. And uh, the shooting rampage began 11.30 p.m. Christmas Eve. He That's apparently when Santa went... comes around. <laughs> Does he, when, is he supposed to come at midnight? After the children go to bed. Doesn't have to be midnight. Okay, so you it can You can't come be... down the ch- everybody's chimney at midnight. You gotta give them some time to make the rounds. Where appa- apparently not all the children had gone to bed at his ex-wife's family's home. Do you see what happens, kids? Go to fucking bed! Because evil Santa's gonna get you. Uh, the uh, massacre began around 11.30 p.m. Christmas Eve when an eight-year-old girl answered his knock at the door. Pardo was dressed as Santa and carrying what appeared to be a large present. He pulled out a handgun and shot the child in the face. He then began shooting indiscriminately throughout the house as 
about 25 partygoers tried to flee. A 16-year-old girl was shot in the back. A 20-year-old woman broke her ankle and she escaped by jumping out a second-story window. Apparently, the gift wrap box that he was carrying actually contained a pressurized homemade device, which he used to spray a flammable liquid that quickly sent the house up in flames. Now, is this like a lighter taped to a can of bug spray or something? Well, he worked in the aerospace industry, so he's probably a better engineer than you are. And he could actually rig up something made of uh, human liposuction that he was using as as fuel. All right, move on. (laughs) But no, I think it was like... aspersions. I think it was like a big box. I mean, he had it in like a big Christmas gift. Yeah, sure. And uh, yeah, it was like a a makeshift uh, flamethrower, more or less. Yeah. Uh, One of his neighbors, uh, Jan Gregory here, said she saw a teenage boy flee from the home screaming... They shot my family. Um, they meaning Santa and his elves? Yeah. <laughs> Santa, he didn't have any reindeer with him. Uh, please, uh, please believe that uh, after he had, uh, he had shot the family, the home was on fire. He took off and he headed towards his brother's home. But please believe he intended to flee to Canada. But his Santa well, suit... Well, the North Pole, right? <laughs> By yeah, way exactly. of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> That's really and I think he was in a car here, but Santa, his Santa suit had actually melted onto his body, Ouch. leaving him with third degree burns on both arms. Uh, Pardo eventually uh, made it to his brother's house where he shot himself in the head and authorities found 17 grand on him and a plane ticket for a flight from Los Angeles to Canada. A uh, police say Parmo used this. Was he uh, going to get on the plane in the Santa suit? <laughs> I wonder, you know, blood spattered all over it. But just the Santa I guess it suit, is red. You wouldn't even notice. The right? Santa suit had like melded onto his skin, so well, it's probably part fur, part plastic, part flesh, part flesh. Yeah, but that wasn't his plan, right? I mean, his plan wasn't to melt his Santa suit. That's I picture him to look a bit like a Freddy Krueger type character at this point. <laughs> you know, uh, police say they uh, when they actually investigated his home, they found a virtual bomb making factory. At his home. And uh, the rented car he had been driving was full of explosives and ammo. Police suspecting the car could be booby-trapped, fired an incendiary device into it, and the whole thing exploded and burned. Uh-huh. So apparently he had booby-trapped his car. Yeah. But could you imagine, like, what do you think his brother was thinking? Like, okay, his, his brother was like, you know, I'm going to help my older brother out. He's insane. Just went through a messy divorce. I'm going to let him stay at my house for a little while. The dude goes on a complete massacre, comes back, his Santa suit is melted onto his skin, and he shot himself in the head in your living room. Uh-huh. It's going to ruin your Christmas. Yeah. You know? give you a story to talk about. You're not going to watch Eve, a, though. But you're not going to watch a Burl Ives movie after that. Burl Ives. <laughs> <laughs> so on the sick and wrong star scale, you got to give it a five star. Yeah. I, I think the lesson you take from this is don't you don't want an engineer... Going on a psychotic rampage, right? You want like a dumbass who works at Burger King who doesn't know how or to do shit station. other than like, f- you know, make the fries and pump the gas. Exactly. Because an engineer will come up with this homemade bombs and rig up the car with booby traps and have a homemade flamethrower. And a flamethrower hidden inside much, a Christmas gift. Yeah, much larger capacity. Much more nefarious. It. Yeah, evil. I don't know. I think the lesson learned from this is convert to Judaism because this isn't going to happen in a Jewish home. First of all, we don't celebrate Christmas. Second of all, how no come Santa. it doesn't? I mean, you guys are so much more irritating with your complaining about everything and your I because we're scared of our what? women. We're scared of our women, dude. They they we, dude they have our nuts in like a grinder. You know, I yeah. mean, <laughs> we can't do nuts. anything. <laughs> you know, it's just like you, you don't want to divorce her because she's going to take all your money and you're yeah, worth but you millions. Think, you think one of you guys would snap? 
You just don't let the divorce happen, is what you're saying. Yeah, because it's like, going to take millions. You have to take the penny out of your gripping claw. So instead, we're just going to deal with it. Yeah. I don't know. So on the sick and wrong star scale, the guy shot a girl, an eight-year-old girl in the face. <laughs> That's a five-star for blatant. me. That's a five-star for me. I, I, I don't know five. what you're going to give. I give it five. We'll see what the listening audience has it to say about It will forever be known as the, you know, Covina Santa madman, you know. It's going to take a lot to top that for a Christmas miracle. It seems like every year, though, there's at least a cr- one no, Christmas not massacre. not like this. Not like this. this. This is a big deal. This was a big deal, yeah. This was definitely out of the norm here. But we invite the listening audience to vote. Go vote sickandwrongpodcast.com. You can decide who has the most sick and wrong story for episode 155. Why don't you check out the new Sick and Wrong Forum, sickandwrongpodcast.com. Wackily, we're nearing the end of the show, and as usual, we tend to get to phone calls to the Sick and Wrong Drunk Dial line, which people you can call at 206-666-3846, and we have a few emails sent to uh, sickandwrongpodcast at uh, hotmail.com. Uh, well, I know we have a number of calls that we didn't even get to last week, because we had 20 or some odd calls for the uh, Christmas show so we have a, l- a little bit of carryover here, carryover, right. and we have a few calls uh, for this week. So, yeah, let's let's get to call number one. Hi, Ian Lance. This is a crazy cat lady calling in again, and uh, I have some suggestions if you're on a budget this Christmas. Um, you know that before you throw out your Christmas tree and take off all those lights, those Christmas lights could be used as anal beads. Um, you anal know. beads, huh? And... Uh, Wait, Wackerly. It's really. Aren't Christmas lights like cylindrical and kind of spiky? Like, aren't they, aren't they supposed to look they're like a pointy wreath? and they're made of glass? Yeah, I, I, I don't. Although I suppose some of them are made of plastic now, which is a little more safe. And actually, the newer, more eco-friendly LED lights are, I think, a little more rounded. Okay, well, and they're kind of textured. If they're rounded, I can see, see where she's going with this. Okay, if they're rounded, I could kind of see anal beads. But the the picture, the Christmas lights that I'm picturing in You're my head here. You're thinking of those little pointy ones of our youth, not the big glass ones that maybe of our parents' youth. Well, not your parents' youth, but yeah, my yeah. parents' youth. But the pointy small ones, those but, would not work. But I think the, the the new ones of today's youth are the LED ones that are more rounded and they've got like kind marbles, of a, like marbles. No, they're sort of shaped like a candle, but they're more rounded. The tip is rounded. It's not pointy. So it's not going to hurt if you shove like 20 no, of them and up your ass. No, and in fact, they're textured, which might feel kind of nice up your anus. Is this coming from personal experience? Well, I do have a set of these lights. I've never shoved them <laughs> up my ass. Really something, because when you turn them on, they get kind of hot, and you can have contests with people seeing how many lights... With people. <laughs> Which people? You know, it's funny because your boyfriend you, or girlfriend, okay, but not just any people. Well, it's funny too because she's not a holiday party at your office. She's implying that she has friends here. <laughs> she's a crazy cat lady. Uh, her and her cats. Her cat's like, well, you got one. I got thirty-three. <laughs> you could tell. Fluffy her, got two. You could tell her cats are like, oh shit, she's yeah, got the lights again. And they're just bolting, the hiding under the bed in the curtain. Oh my God! Here she comes again in the tree. In fact, 
be light sets like you know they come in light sets of a hundred, five hundred, even a thousand lights. You can Jesus. try and compete to see how many lights you can shove up your butt. And then you can like stare down the crazy cat lady's mouth and see the glow coming out from her innards. <laughs> it's incredible. Human jack o' lantern. Wrong holiday. So yeah, oh, yeah. I mean. Uh, Seeing that the economy is really Even bad, Christmas decoration. you can use Christmas lights as uh, butt plugs, or wait, no, anal beads. So yeah, take it sleazy, guys. Bye. Uh, now she said she had a couple of suggestions. <laughs> In my count, that was one suggestion. Yeah, exactly. I was just about to bring that up. I only heard one suggestion well, there. Well, you know what? I much more appreciate the fact that she kept it short. So yeah, I'm not going to complain. Short, sweet, to the point. But you know, there's after hearing that message. And after seeing some of her pictures and some of her posts on the forum, there's not a doubt in my mind that she shoves those Christmas lights up her cat's assholes. I believe And it. turns the light on. Yeah, and then she stares down the cat's mouth and sees the light. And sees through. the light. And, they, you know, I, I, I wonder so if they cute. really do light up. Yeah, they do. I don't know, it's interesting. Well, thank you, Crazy Cat Lady, for that suggestion. Duly noted. Yeah, the ASPCA will be at your door tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Call number two here. This one, I just don't know about. I think it's from Jeff the Pizza Guy, but it doesn't sound familiar. Hello, sick and wrong. This is Jeff the Pizza Guy again. Sorry I hung up. I just saw a man with one arm checking his mail. It really freaked me out. Um, I'm still driving, trying to deliver the pizza to the address. You know. Get the fuck out of my way! Wait, wait, wait a second. When did Jeff the Pizza Guy get an accent? I think maybe. I mean, a lot of pizza places around here are run by Middle Easterners. In most cities. I think cities. maybe before he was faking an American accent, and now he's just cutting loose yeah, but, but and letting us hear his true persona. Isn't the dude from like Iowa or South Dakota or something? What they don't have Middle Eastern immigrants in Iowa? Dude, I don't, there are, there's maybe one Middle Eastern family that the, lives in the whole state. When was the last state. time you were in Iowa? You know, I've I driven through case. it once. I've driven through it once. But all I'm saying, I'm a bit surprised to hear that Jeff the Pizza Guy suddenly developed an accent. I don't think he developed it. I think he was suppressing it before, and you're interrupting the story. I'm really, in, It's really entertaining me about the one-armed guy <laughs> checking his mail. Get the fuck out of my way! Okay. Well, yes. Happy New Year to everyone. And to everyone, have a good 09. Yeah. The end is near. Okay, now it's gonna I, go jihad on somebody. Yeah, I was about to say, dude, you don't want to piss this guy off. If your pizza's cold, just deal with it and heat it up in the oven. Yeah, you, you don't want him to run into your house with another pizza, with, you know, that's full of explosives. And don't ask for ham. <laughs> well, what's kind of funny about this guy though, and his accent, quote unquote, I don't understand. Towards the end of that message, he kind of sounded more like Borat than he sounds like Rondebo Al-Kasabi Mahakandaha. And Borat, Borat is not Middle Eastern, he's more what? Kazakhstan, he's Russian, like kind of Russian sort well, of Middle Eastern. I don't Eastern. think Kazakhstanis would appreciate you calling them Russian. Whatever they are. a spot. Okay, alright. I mean, <laughs> dude, that whole area of the country is still They're Russia like, in my what mind. What is that, the Caucasus or something? I have no idea what you what you're talking about. Caucasus ca- is this they, like your country where your your family's Caucasians. from? <laughs> the Caucasus Mountains. That's where they come but they, from. They don't even look Caucasian. They look like they're kind of Middle Eastern. There's I think they're word, Mongols. They're I think Eastern, they're Mongols. Eastern European. No, they're not Eastern because Eastern, Eurasian. 
Eurasian. That's what they are. Okay. They're Eurasian. But From the Euro Mountains. The Euro Mountains. Right. Exactly. But but if you listen to his voice, he's like at the end, he's like, I five. Yeah. Whereas before, he's like, get out of my way, out of my taxi, <laughs> fucker of mother, son of bitch, I kill you. You know, it's like it's different. I know, well, coming from a voice expert and an impression <laughs> expert, I guess I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to defer to your judgment on that. Yeah, my accents are so dead on. All right, well, Jeff the Pizza Guy, I'm glad you uh, suddenly became Middle Eastern, and I will never piss you off. All believe right. me. This next one's from a guy who would never fake an accent. Teepee doesn't need to. Hey, second wrong, it's Trucker Paul. Trucker Paul. You had on uh, your Christmas program one fifty. Or yet a few drunk bastards calling from Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. I remember those guys. And I yeah. thought I told you guys earlier, I may not have, that that's my hometown. That's where I live. I don't think he did ever tell us that. I kind of assumed he was from one of those Midwestern states, but I don't think he ever told us he was from Eau Claire. I thought he was from Kentucky. I didn't know he lived in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Well, from he's talking about where he lives now. His home base. I, he might be from Kentucky. He said he lived in Alaska for a while. Okay, but, right but he's now, he based right in, now, Eau he lives in Eau Claire. So this is uh, Trucker Paul's town here. Yeah, I, we should hook them well, up. Well, I'm remiss for not remembering that. We should hook them up, him up with these college kids. I think they would have a good time. And uh, let me tell you, we know how to drink there. There's are like every other building. I don't know what they're talking about. Something about murdering or something, <laughs> falling off bridges, but usually what happens... Yeah. TP's like, I didn't think anybody knew I did that. <laughs> <laughs> I they're on to me. He's like, I think I'm getting caught here. I, I have no idea. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Wasn't me. <laughs> what happens is these college kids get so drunk that they fall off all those little, like, walking bridges and bike path bridges, and there's couple big rivers right there so they fall in probably hit their head or something knock out and we usually find them floating around when the ice melts in the spring we uh <laughs> these guys sound like some partiers i wouldn't mind drinking with them but would you uh, out of the river i don't know if they're as sick and wrong as, uh, as i am but uh, they have yet to shit on a walmart bag i'm sure <laughs> that's probably oh, true. either way I thought that's called a Wisconsin toilet. Fucked up dudes, but you guys kept saying that Eau Claire was by Milwaukee, and it's actually only an hour away from Minneapolis. And we got about 65,000 people. Good For thing. Wisconsin, it's a big city. It's the other and side we're not of the state. by anything else. It's just shitty Eau Claire. All right. I'm in California. I'm in Los Angeles. I'm close to you guys. Drive up. If I was coming up anywhere by San Francisco, I'd have to stop at that gay bar there and talk to your brother. <laughs> Do not. <laughs> they would tear his ass apart. He's their ideal body type. The dude, Trucker Paul would be like a god in <laughs> a that god place. He'd be like Hercules walking into that bar. I would imagine he could just... He wouldn't even have the double park. He could just stop his tractor trailer right in the middle of Castro Street and step out like Adonis, and exactly. nobody would say shit. They would probably just bow down to him. Yeah, free beer. Maybe he spread should open go. their Maybe anuses. There. <laughs> All right, let's finish this one up. The gay Jew. All right, brother, I hate Jew. this fucking state. 
Fuck you. All right. Okay, Adios. motherfucker. All right, I love TP, but I got to say something. Pet peeve. New, maybe biggest pet peeve of the drunk dial line. We don't know where your fucking city is, and we don't care. <laughs> we got At least we got the fact that Milwaukee was in Wisconsin, and, you know, Eau Claire was in Wisconsin. That's a pretty big feat for us to even know that the, the city's in the same state. If it's not right next to it and we say it's close, that's fine. Exactly. It's not a transgression against your town or anything. Well, at least we weren't saying that Eau Claire's in Kentucky. Yeah. Which I'm surprised we didn't because I really <laughs> do. My, my knowledge of U.S. geography is minimal at best. Yeah. And then it really burns my balls when people are complaining about this shit about like other countries that are across the globe from me. And they go, oh, you know, Norway isn't, uh, you know, next to fucking Finland or whatever. Like, fuck you! I don't, it's in the general vicinity. Well, that, you know, what's funny about that is I couldn't even care less about the other countries. Like, yeah. I, we, we got a number of emails of people saying, like, you pronounce Brisbane like, or you pronounce Brisbane like Brisbane. And it's just like, you know what? We don't give a fuck. You're not even in this country. <laughs> I do give a fuck. I mean, if I met some hot chick at the bar and, and she was like, oh, yeah, you pronounced the name of my town wrong, I would be like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Well, how do you pronounce well, that's it? That's because you want in a the, poker. Yeah, in the context of the free fucking podcast that we're, we're making for you people, entertaining you, <laughs> don't ask for much in the way of geographical knowledge. That's I'm, all I'm saying. I want to know why Trucker Paul hates this state so much. California. I mean, because if you think about it's it, it's against dude, everything. Isn't it against everything he stands for? Maybe, but there's got to be like just pure vanity, shitting in toilets versus on Walmart bags. There's got to be one or two reasons that he completely despises a state. Because if you think about it, dude, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, it's got to be like what 15 degrees right now. Yeah, maybe that's. What I mean, he likes. dude, it's like what 60 here. Yeah, it's, it's not too bad in LA. Maybe he doesn't like the hot weather. Maybe he's sweating. I don't know. Maybe he thinks it's the land of fruits and nuts. Who knows? That's probably it, yeah. Well, thank you, Trucker Paul. It's always good to hear from you. And, uh, yeah, I didn't know. Uh, I apologize for not knowing that you're from Eau Claire. But thank you for the uh, geography lesson. That's good to know. I had no idea it was uh, <laughs> we were completely off. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> don't encourage them. People, call the uh, Sick and Wrong Drunk Dial line at 206-666-3846. We also got a couple of emails I want to get to. Uh, people can send an email to sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. Another uh, one from the guys in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Who should hook up with Trucker Paul and go drinking. So this came in from Todd. He says, Dean Lance, I'm amazed that you guys were able to tell what the hell I was saying in my incoherent ramblings. Well, you couldn't, if you recall. I could. I had to translate. No, I remember you were the interpreter. I think it's because you've hung around or you hang around more frequently with drunken people. Well, plus I was pretty drunk when I was translating it. So. Yeah, I think it's like it's like carny speak. Like right, carnies. Exactly. Yeah, like people who work for carnivals can understand each other. Wackily can understand all drunks. He's the drunk whisperer. Most drunks, not all. <laughs> He's the drunk shouter. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! <laughs> Uh, while me and my friend who called before the last episode wandered home from the bars but I said I would get pictures of my girlfriend uh, parentheses here who's fine as you guys seem to doubt and I came through and he did and she is fine oh yes very fine he says here are two of them if you guys want you can put this one where she has the bra on on the forums or whatever but the bare chest is for your own masturbatory fun 
And he sent two pictures, and she has fine breasts. And she really we, does. And Todd, you're a lucky the, man. And I like to emphasize that we do honor those requests because the last thing we want to do is discourage others from doing the similar sort of shenanigans of sending in their girlfriend's naked dead pictures. Exactly. But for the uh, perverts on our forum, we might post the one with her wearing the bra. And maybe not. We might just keep it for ourselves. But you know, it'd be nice to start a thread of just like hot chicks, whether in their bra or whether they have tits hanging out that say sick and wrong on them. We do need to, you know why? Because lots of new dudes come and sign up for the forum and their first post is always, where are all the titty pictures? You wanna know why? Because they're 13 and they can go to our forum without the nanny guard or whatever. It's <laughs> <laughs> very surprising. I know, it should, there should be. There should be a nanny guard on the sick and wrong forum. And to clear one thing up, neither of us are in college anymore and Eau Claire is far as shit away from Milwaukee. All right, keep it sick and enjoy the pictures, Todd. Thank you, Todd. We love the pictures. And uh, yeah, we might post the one with uh, your girlfriend wearing the bra on the forum. Yeah. And the new titty, sick and wrong titty thread. Titty section. We also got an email from uh, Mike and Jill. He says, you guys were talking about the dude with the hand for the puppet. His name is Senior Wences. Yes. And uh, he sent a clip, which we're going to use as a sick and wrong bit of the week here. Yeah, he's great. He's like uh, the most incredible ventriloquist of all time. Dude, he's brilliant. And that he's guy old is as brilliant. fuck, and, he, and English wasn't even his first language, which makes it just amazes me. Dude, the like, man was even, singing songs. Is he even better? Uh, even a better ventriloquist in Spanish? Uh, you know, I've, I've never seen his Spanish performances. But, I wouldn't uh, understand it. Senor Wences is amazing. Maybe Iron Man could tell us. I think he's of the Latin persuasion. Yeah, he might know. So thank you, Mike and Jill, for saying that in. And uh, people, yeah, go check out sickwrongpodcast.com. And uh, yeah, enjoy Senor Wences. People, if you haven't already, go join the SW Forum. We have almost 1,000 members right now. Yeah, enter in your submission for the Describe D and Lance contest. I think One week left. People are designing new logos for us. So I don't know if you've seen the new Sick and Wrong logos that no, are showing up on the uh, forum. And yeah, the three-year anniversary show is just around the corner. Also, thanks to everybody for subscribing and commenting for us on iTunes. We're almost up to 100 comments. We're on the uh, third page right now of Top Comedy Podcast. I think we're about to be on the second page. At this point, to get us moved up, though, you got to subscribe on iTunes. And I know people hate it. You don't have to actually listen to it through iTunes, but just subscribe to it through iTunes. Or just like any anyone you know with a, with a computer that has iTunes, <laughs> just subscribe to Sick and Wrong. You really your grandma, help out the show. Your grandpa, invalids that have a Macintosh and they're, you know, convalescent home. And they don't even know what a podcast is. Just, yeah. yeah, just sign up. You're helping us out. Also, show your support, 2009 here, by buying a Sick and Wrong tea. You can order it right on sickandwrongpodcast.com. All you people who have already ordered shirts, I'm sending them out this week. I promise. All those people. There's been quite a few. I know. There's they seem to be just flying out of that box. I know. We, we, I, I people gotta, should hurry because we're going to run out of these premium t-shirts. Limited edition. But, you know, a number of people ordered them. I have to mail them. And I'm not saying I'm lazy, but, you know, i got to go go to the post office and all that. But today I, I ship like six, six or seven shirts, I think. And, uh, yeah. You should be getting them soon. People go vote or go order at sickandwrongpodcast.com. Order your own Sick and Wrong tea. <laughs> Finally here, uh, Sick and Wrong Song of the Week was sent in by Chris. He says, hey guys, maybe it's because I share a birthday with the Christ. Or maybe it's because I'm incredibly drunk, but my thoughts are drawn towards Sick and Wrong 
this holiday, which is nice. So his oh. birthday is on Christmas Day, is that what he's saying? Yeah, I, I kind of like the fact that people think of us on Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's nice. I don't. So I have a question, one that only you can answer. What the fuck happened to the Dio in your closing? You we know, used to play Dio? Remember the, remember like the, the, the initial podcast? At least the first 70 podcasts. Well, that was... You know why? Because now we do the song of the week where somebody suggests the song of the week. But back then, nobody was listening. So Yeah, we had nobody no fans. Suggested, so it was just Dio was the song of every week. Well, we always ended it with what? Last in line? I thought it was Rainbow in the Dark, but it could have been last in line. I think it was line. last in know. line. He goes, I know you guys have made a big thing about the Sigurong song of the week, but your <laughs> listeners really need to step up to the plate with this shit. Last week, we had the Bloodhound fucking gang. I they vaguely remember them from when I was about 12, and I was sick of them then. Sure, Dio's old and haggard, and he never said a single and word. Bald. <laughs> and he never said a single word that uh, made sense in his many, many years as a musician. But you can guarantee that fuckers turned down more sick and wrong shit out of pure jadedness than most of these bands can even imagine. Well, he did have to follow up after Ozzy. That has to piss you off. Yeah, he was he in Black Sabbath too? Yeah. Yeah, I, I never really liked that. He says, your listeners need to shit or get off the pot. P.S. As I've said before, it's my birthday this wonderful Christmas day, so I'd appreciate it if you guys were to close with Customary Dio. I know I could probably pick any single on one of my CDs, Hesher that I am, find a Dio track, but I want to see how you, committed you guys are to your fans and the sick and wrong spirit. <laughs> and uh, P.P.S. here, I may be Welsh, but I've never fucked a sheep in my life. I've dated a few and they never called. I got the last laugh, though, as... Forgoing the traditional turkey roast, I've done all my Christmas feasting at the local deli where they'll gladly serve up lamb in order to spite those fluffy bastards that spurned me. <laughs> Signed, Chris. Well, Chris, I want to wish you a happy birthday, and uh, thank you for thinking of us on uh, Christmas. It's always nice. And we're going to end the show here with uh, Holy Diver, my really? favorite Dio song. I feel like he's challenging us to find some deep Dio cut, which I don't know if I up to the task. I mean, I, I like Holy Diver. I like Rainbow. Dude, Holy Diver is my favorite Dio cut. And plus, right. did you think about, think about, the, think about the religious significance here. Holy Diver, Christmas, right. his birthday, it's like the Trinity. Yeah, if he wants some deeper Dio cut, then he can send one in next week. As a yeah, he can send it himself. We'll, but, play, we'll play Dio tw- two times in a But row. you know, I apologize to all the Dio fans out there. It's been a while since we've ended the show with some Dio. I forgot that we ever did. You know, I so did I, actually, as a matter of fact. And I, I love Dio. I always have. We saw Dio. Yeah, we, we I've seen Dio Conquer several Pavilion. times. Yeah. So we're going to end the show here with Holy Diver, Sigurong Song of the Week, courtesy of Chris. Happy birthday, man. Uh, I want to wish everybody out there and uh, the listening audience here a happy new year from Sick and Wrong. Celebrate 2000, the end of 2008, any way you see fit. Yeah. I recommend... In whatever geographic location you are that we don't care about. I recommend poppers, cocaine, and uh, some lube. Yeah. Always yeah. bring the lube. Almost, almost, the lube is the most important. I think that's the most important part. Happy New Year there, Wackerly. And uh, yeah, we'll be back in uh, 2009. Yeah. Until then, take a sleazy.